and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast, episode 484. And we're talking about some fucking Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's not anything current. <laughs> I don't know. It's at least it's good. <laughs> that is true. That that is definitely true. It, but it rubs like salt in the wound compared to what we have now. Well, then, but then again, now right now we have literally nothing. But I mean. Uh, well, uh, there's there's uh, for those of you playing along at home, there's Green Lantern things afoot in uh, Dark, Dark Crisis, Crisis right now. So which which uh, completely screws up continuity. Yeah. <laughs> in so many ways. I saw I saw the, I saw the pages today and it's like it's like, oh, man. Yeah, we'll but, talk. We'll talk. We'll talk about we'll talk about that at, at some point. Yeah, with enough d- dark crisis tie-ins and stuff coming out, I think the pace of this is such that you know you you and I probably don't have to cover anything until you know there's like three or four issues worth of content to put together one issues worth of Green Lantern material <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> so we we I mean to be fair, we might be able to do after since three is three is the Hal and the core versus Pariah thing. But so I think that I think the Green Lantern tie-in happens around that same time too. Yeah, it might because that's an August release, right? Yeah, yeah. It's an August release. So yeah, we'll see. But yeah. But, but uh but what we're gonna do right here is go back, way back to uh to nineteen ninety-nine. <laughs> the summer, the sweet summer of nineteen ninety-nine. <laughs> and uh we're talking about Green Lantern one thirteen and one fourteen. The title Burning in Effigy by, of course, the great creative team of Daryl Banks, Ron Mars, and Terry Austin. It doesn't get much better than this era. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, I'll talk about issue one real quick. Uh, and uh, and then do you want to comment after or do you want to just recap yours and then we'll comment? I think we'll recap both issues. We'll do both issues and then we'll just talk about the arc. Cool. So we open, uh, it's an apartment tenement fire uh, in New York and Kyle is trying to keep the building from collapsing on him and a kid. Uh, he realizes it's going to give way, put, locks him and his uh, little buddy there up in a construct safe, walks them out. His mom thanks and he flies off. And all the while he's telling this uh, internal monologue story of a fire he experienced when he was a kid and how he admired, you know, the, the fireman and, and stuff like that. Meanwhile, uh, across town or somewhere else, we see 
a gentleman named Martin who is sitting around with uh, his friends and he's got some pyrokinetic powers and he's talking about an abduction he had where people were doing some experiments on him and then dropped him off, but he doesn't really remember much. Uh, the doctors didn't see anything out of the ordinary except his eyes had changed and he has that pyrokinetic ability. Some uh, guy comes over to kick them out of the restaurant. He freaks him out and scares him off and says that he can do anything he wants now. Kyle's uh, back at his apartment doing his day job painting, uh, and he is painting in preparation for an art gallery that he will have of his stuff when Jade walks up and comments on his art and, you know, hey, he, he, we haven't been spending enough time together, and, you know, she initiates things there. Uh, meanwhile, back with Martin, we see... That damn hoe. <laughs> <laughs> that cheating hoe. I'll never forgive her. I don't care how good some of the moments between her and him were. She did that to him. She did it to my boy. Um, meanwhile, across town, Martin uh, is walking with a girl and uh, walks out in front of a car. And the guy gets all upset and confronts him. And that's a real bad uh, time to do that because that's when Martin manifests not just his pyrokinetic ability, but entire costume and look out of this pyrokinetic ability. He utterly destroys this car, scares the shit out of the girl, and then just is like, what do you mean I was taking you with me anywhere? You know, <laughs> I'm off for myself. And then, uh, you know, after their their business, their tete-a-tete, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Anyways, <laughs> well, I'm a 35-year-old man. I'm still trying to find innuendo ways to say things like, they had sex, <laughs> be an adult, Chad, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways, Kyle is uh, all dressed up in his Green Lantern garb, and Jade's asking him where he's going. You know, I, uh, he said I need some, take some care of some stuff. Actually, this is uh, great. I forgot to mention that this takes place after the Green Lantern: The New Core Prestige format series, which is, I think, one of your favorites, right, Mark? I don't know if I'd say the new core was one of my favorites, but considering it was the closest thing we got to a Green Lantern core relaunched relaunched during kyle's era did we do that it somebody did that didn't we didn't we I, at this point man <laughs> i know i'm sorry i know that's why i'm stammering because I, but jesus christ we <laughs> at some point <laughs> i don't I, know anymore <laughs> i don't i think for some reason i want to say that i think that we did but i we i guess we have to go back and look but but yeah it's it's not a bad it's not a bad story but it's neither but, here nor there. It's it's up. It's it's a cool because it was a two part like prestige format thing. So it's kind of cool. Okay. So you know he's been away for a while. He wants to go visit his mom. Jade comments that she's never met his mom. He flies off after assuring her it's not for any other reason. Uh, and it's he'll absolutely introduce her at some point. Then mo- over in Seattle, more talk from Martin, who we now get his name, uh, his new heroic name, Effigy. Uh, and he's basically, you know, I'm done with being on the losing end. I'm done being a schmuck or whatever. The world's waiting for me. I've got power. I can do whatever I want. He's got this attitude. I guess this is the issue where Kyle tells his mom who he is. I guess. Yeah. He, he tells he, he, in, in a short couple of panels, he tells his mother that he is green lantern and her very next reaction is looking on the TV, seeing effigy blowing up the Hollywood Hills sign and going, Hey, isn't that something you do? <laughs> okay. So mom's over this pretty quick, but uh, Kyle goes to stop effigy. They 
you know, despite his destruction, Kyle converses with him and uh, is pretty friendly with him until Effigy outright attacks. And uh, uh, at one point, Effigy creates a construct pyrokinetic sort of dragon and blast Kyle to the ground. And that is the end of uh, this issue. So before I roll into my issue, episode 299 is when we did the new core. <laughs> Holy Christ. And what episode number was this one tonight? Uh, 484. <laughs> so at least at least it's understandable why both of us kind of had, had the uh, stun look. If you were older, I, the reference I would say it was the Murray look from from the Odd Couple. I don't know if you ever watched the old Jack Klugman Tony Randall Odd Couple, but no, was, I, I no, I don't. I I, yeah. I I I don't have a whole lot of reference points for older stuff, but I you know one of the things I did watch was the uh, like the classic Little Rascals. My dad yeah, made I did, sure I watched yeah. the black and white stuff. But yes, uh, there was like the uh, Al Molinaro of Happy Days fame that he was. He was Murray the cop, and there was just like this one episode when he just had this like I watched was, Happy Days. Yeah, he he was just like staring into space, and my mom always, my mom and I always refer to somebody who's kind of like look, like you know they're thinking, but they just like they, it's like a complete blank slate. Like you turn turn everything off. It's like it's the Murray look, and that's yeah, that's you that you and I kind of both mutually had that I think while we were trying to figure out if we did if we but yeah we did two not we did two ninety nine right as the lead up to episode three hundred. Jesus, I know. Coming up on 500 now. Yeah, I know. Uh, but nonetheless, all right. Let me transition to my episode issue. Episode, blah, 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 issue. Episode issue. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, okay, so well, his issue is 113. My issue is 114. Now we do have a change of art because we have uh, we have Ron Lim and what George's Genty kind of take over in this issue. So that's kind of on one. I mean, it's it's a little disappointing, especially when we have. You know, Ron and the Ron and Daryl doing the doing the first issue, though Terry Terry Austin still sticks around for the second part. So one fourteen, burning an effigy part two, angry youth. Now the, the beginning of this the beginning of this issue is cool because you have a direct callback, homage to uh, the first time we ever see Kyle, which goes back to what Green Lantern forty eight, the first part of Emerald Twilight, when Hal flies off to. I always forget where that little beach scene cameo. Yeah, it's got to it's got to be for, it's got to be forty eight because 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 uh, Kyle sees Hal shooting off. He and Alex see see Hal shooting off into space, so that has to be forty eight because that's when he flies off to go get the rings in forty nine. But yeah, so it's on. So this guy and his girlfriend are you know are posed exactly the same way as Alex and Kyle were in the first appearance of Kyle's. They're looking at a another like another shooting star. Except this one, of course, is yellow and it's and it's and it's and it's falling right towards them when they get out of Dodge right before it crashes. And this is the ramifications of what Kyle got hit with from Effigy and Chad's issue. It's also like a little I think this this is I th- I'm, I kind of took this as a diehard reference with the come to California, see the sights, frolic by the Pacific. It's not the same as come to the coast. <laughs> come to the coast, we'll have a few laughs. But it, that's what it reminded me of when I when I reread this. So the couple runs over to the kind of like stunned Kyle and they ask if he, he needs any help. And he goes, yeah, have you, okay, is there anything we can do for you? And he's like, yeah, run effigy shows up. And then, then they kind of have a Kyle tries to, he, he tries to be like an Obi-Wan to effigies Vader. And a lot of this issue, he tries to t- understand, try to understand where he's coming from. He tries to talk him down a lot. Uh, like, you know, we don't need to do, de- we don't need to do this as they fight. And Kyle, you know, uses, 
his power ring in creative ways as Kyle would making a fire extinguisher to take the fire down off of effigy, which of course, because Kyle is afraid of fire since he was caught in the fire as a kid, that effigy was because he was created in a way to be Kyle's first real archvillain of his own. That kind of got overshadowed by what Nero, I would say, as time went on. But Effigy was the first attempt, I think, at really giving Kyle a archvillain all his own. And we just get a, the majority of this issue as they're squaring off and they're fighting is just the kind of like the the duality of both of these guys, but also what they have in common, like if not by the grace of God, that kind of thing, because Kyle realizes that, you know, if and Kyle also during this fight, it's important to, to, to acknowledge is that he acknowledges that he's not like the green, no pun intended, rookie anymore, that he was not this raw, completely lost kid, that he's he's got the experience and he that if he keeps seeing himself like an effigy, like, you know, if I, you know, if I had more, if I had some of the problems that this guy had when I first got the ring, then maybe I would have made some of these decisions, too, and things like that. And because Effigy was it was always crapped on and stuff and treated poorly, he's unwilling to accept any kindness. So what, even when Kyle legitimately tries to offer saying, hey, you know, we just beat the hell out, we just beat the hell out of each other. But, hey, you know, we could just shake hands and call it a day that he's just not he's just not going to do that. So Kyle, you know, Kyle even says it's like I could have turned out like him maybe a few years ago when I was living out here. I would have. But I'm a different person now. And Effigy kind of like just mocks Kyle like about, uh you know, you just do, being, a, you know, goody two shoes, you know, saving cats from trees, rescuing, you know, walking old ladies across the street. I did like when Kyle created the dog. He created the big dog construct to go eat Effigy, which doesn't really last long, but which That's leads to well another. What? Yes. Yeah. The art, the artwork on that is, is the artwork is spectacular, but of course, then it leads to a nice like armored, armored night fight between between the two of them. And then it comes, and that eventually just leads to a raw mono mono display of power between Effigy's power and Kyle's power. And after, again, Kyle tries to reach Effigy's and tries to tell him, hey, we could just stop. Then Kyle kind of realizes the big advantage he has in this is that he's really not alone. And we see like the, the constructed images of Hal and Guy, John and Alan all behind Kyle, and he basically uses these constructs to beat the crap out of Effigy before Kyle himself delivers the knockout blow. Yeah, I love and, that moment. Yeah, that is that was that was a nice that was a nice touch, and and then right at that moment, then we kind of find out exactly who abducted Effigy when he when he was younger, as the spaceship almost like a close encounters of the third kind, like huge spaceship lands, and of course it turns out is the controllers, controllers doing controller things. And they come, they thought their experiment on effigy failed because he had manifested his powers. But then now that he did, it's like, now they're interested again. So now they're going to take him back to literally experiment on him. And I do like the fact when Kyle tries to get in the way and the controller essentially kind of blasts him, almost puts him on fire. And he goes, you know, we will tolerate no interference in our designs, which of course is very Guardian-esque. So appropriate based on the backs story and the lineage of the of the controllers so kyle and kyle with jenny is they're at warriors and they're talking to guy alan and john and he basically fills them in on all this john gives him a little bit of background on the on the, on the controllers and and again kyle is kind of talking you know kind of talking about how you know how 
how things could have gone differently. So that's a kind of key part of this issue, how things could have been different, but he's a different man now. And then he's still, and then at the very end, when he and Jenny are about to leave, it's like he, he's like, he really wishes, you know, he, he could understand or we knew what was going on with effigy right now. And we see effigy, you know, sprawled out like on a, on a medical table tied down. And then they're about to like a, use a scalpel and experiment on him. And that's how this arc ends. Fucking great, man. This was this was a breath of fresh air to come back to and read. Um, you know, I just you know I get bored sometimes, and I you know uh, a lot of you guys know there are a lot of popular shows currently popular shows I haven't seen just because I love rewatching some of my favorites, and I've already got enough that's even still to this day still uh, live airing to keep up with. I don't need to add. So like, for instance, Stranger Things, I've never seen Stranger Things. Everybody tells me I would love it and I probably would, but I, I haven't touched it yet. But man, with everything going on right now, I've been uh, with with comic books. Uh, I've kind of come back around to my love of history and um, like the documentaries and stuff like that. And I was watching the DC documentary the other day. And today I was watching that uh, a couple of parts of that BBC kind of mini series of documentaries they did about superheroes not too long ago. It just really made me think about the era of comics that we're in right now. Uh, and I'm like, you know, the stuff that makes documentaries is like the Sandman era or Neil, uh, Neil uh, Adams and Danny O'Neill doing breakthrough stuff in Green Lantern, Green Arrow, or the, the angst of, uh, or the political commentary of Watchmen or, you know, like what are the stories that are being told right now in comics that mean something? And are we getting that at DC and Marvel or, or as somebody who reads indie, is that is indie where it's at now is the era of breakthrough comics done at, at DC. And honestly, reading something like this made me kind of cool down on that line of thought because I was thinking, you know what? there's not really a deeper meaning here. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, this, there's an interesting, fun, moralic sort of moral centered story that Kyle's having in the background and his, his thoughts about effigy, about his experience in the fire with the firemen. So there's, there's thought and meaning behind it, but for the most part, this is just, you know, new villain, quick knock them out sort of story. Oh my God, is it fun? And I got maybe just as much joy and meaning out of this as I would have something, you know, along the lines of Sandman. And, and I, th- I thought about it and your issue contains probably the reason I miss a lot of stuff. These last three pages at Warriors. We don't get moments like this in our comic books until it's the end of the arc. This scene right here, these three pages without necessarily the, the tease of, you know, more effigy to come of just hanging out at the bar because the guy shuts down warriors at a regular time for them to all meet and just hang out together. And I brought my girlfriend along and, and all of this stuff. And they're just talking a little bit about the history of the core kind of bullshitting back and forth about how Jenny got, got uh, a guy like, or, or how a guy like Kyle got a girl like Jenny. We would never get this in. This is a regular issue, and technically it's the beginning of the the end of a quote-unquote arc, two-issue arc, doesn't really matter. But we only get moments like this in epilogue wrap-ups to big arcs these days. Where is the personality in what we're reading right now? And I don't just mean from uh, from the current creative team, that which is currently sidelined because of Dark Crisis. Where Where is like the, the family, the meaning, the the fun 
I feel like all we're getting is what we, you and I have recently referred to in like movie reviews of like Jurassic World Dominion as are we getting popcorn comics right now? Probably. And, 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 and agenda driven stuff, just like we're getting in her movies to a certain extent too. I think, I think it's, I think that's where the pendulum has swung in a lot of, in a lot of entertainment. I think it's so since some people will be fine with that. And to a certain extent, I guess it, it is okay. No matter what, it's okay. But not when like, it's like when, which is the criticism of comic book movies, which is that by itself, it might be fine. But when that becomes like the only thing that works, even though, of course, this year has kind of shot that to hell. We've had non-comic book movies do well. But that then if it's the all-encompassing, the, the be-all, end-all, then that's a problem when there's no room for anything else or it's not, you're not allowed to do anything else. Yeah, I don't know. I think it is it is somewhat depressing just where we are. And, and especially the longer we go without a regular Green Lantern book, which is probably this is going to be the longest we've gone without a Green Lantern book in forever. Uh, and I don't mean literally it may not be forever because since the book had got canceled in the past, but this is probably going to be the, the time that we actually get a Green Lantern number one again or whatever the hell they call it. It's going to be what, like about what, seven months, seven, eight months at least, probably at this point. Yeah. So uh, that's got to be the Three biggest quarters. Gap. Yeah, that's got to be the biggest gap since since the book was canceled way back like in the 80s or whatever. so this is really depressing. It's actually really the. De- it's depressing. I mean, I mean, it's it frees us up to do other episodes and things like this and other things we like doing, but it's depressing because yeah. And like, I, I I didn't even mean to go off on that tangent, but it, you know, it just got me thinking is like you know, sure, it's funny. You know, there's nothing being currently published, and you know, we're gonna go back and read this because you know we want to cover something f- fun, and there's nothing being published right now. Well, more than that, it's the something fun. So yeah. I like you you have to think about if I'm going back to this because it's fun, why do I truly believe this is better than what I've been reading? And I just I you know it dawned on me the other day it's just like there's w- every issue where where there are not moments like these in Warriors to enjoy because every time we do a recap we're like okay where are they going with the story? You know, what's the next power reveal or what's the next, you know, secret that they're going to expose with the final page turn or whatever. But everything in the book that in, in this is not just the most recent Green Lantern series, but like a lot of big two titles. Is about the next moment, the next reveal, the next thing to the progression of the actual story. There's not moments like these three pages anymore in, in a lot of stuff, and especially in what we've been reading lately. And uh, I miss it because I remember, I mean, one of the most I, I can I can picture the page in my head like I could if I could draw, I swear to God, I could reproduce this page. It's the page from that Green Lantern issue where uh, where Kyle and Alan are sitting down in the diner. And I've mentioned this before. I think it was Radu's. And they're talking about the it's it's in the lead up to or during Power of Ion. And they're talking about the uh, the increase in Kyle's powers and and Alan was warning him and all this stuff. And, you know, about his power set. And Alan says something about being concerned. And then uh, this woman comes up to the table and then leaves. And then a couple seconds later, you know, Alan says something and Kyle's like, what about that woman over there? She's a construct. 
and his, he makes her walk out of the restaurant, walk across the street and, and freeze and just disappear around the corner. That moment they're, they're alluding to the story in terms of, you know, he's getting more powerful. Look what he can do with the ring, but also it's set in a fucking diner (laughs) where two dudes are just shooting the shit like they regularly do in this series. And we don't have that crap anymore. And I say crap. I, I mean, I mean that lovingly. Like the, there, there was so much. I think there's a difference between world be- world building for a character and community building for that character. And forget interactions between like John and another lantern and what what his relationship with Guy is. Stuff like, what about I don't know who you, whoever you need to bring back, Katma or. Or, or bring fatality, man, it's been a while since we've seen fatality, right? So like, uh, I'm, 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 I'm worried that for the sake of world building and for the next big point, story point and big page turn reveal, that we're losing all sense of true personality and character from every lantern we're reading, not just one or two. I, I, I get you. Uh, I feel you. It's, I think it's, it's, a, it's a concern about it's a concern about our prop our franchise, our favorite franchise that I've been like kind of sitting on the edge of, and I just came to that realization the other day. It's like why 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 am I my creator after creator? Why am I so unenthused with what we've been reading lately from Green Lantern, regardless of who's writing or or doing the art? What is so bad about it? And honestly, I've lost the sense of of individuality and personality personality and community that goes with each individual lantern. I can see that. I uh, I can see that. I I mean, there pro- I think there probably are other things too that are a common thread in where we've been post post Johns. And again, there was a slight uptick in the second Robert Venditti book. Again, how much of that was? And I think he. Had, talked about that when we talked to him about obviously you know you you would think he'd be a better writer and then in in year two on a book or year three on a on a book and writing the character than you did or you were in year one that you would get but it's also the fact that we all he was given all the the toys to play with he had all the toys to play with there wasn't anything they were all given to him which you know that obviously makes it a lot easier to tell stories when you have all these characters back on the plate, when before they were all divvied up into three or four other books that, but the, but that was by the last time when green lantern was enjoyable to read, regardless of the uh, penchant for not sticking the landing more times than not. The reality True. is at least he had interesting stories in that book. Most of the stories were interesting, but before, you know, the first Finn Diddy run really wasn't that interesting for the most part. few good arcs, you know, the ironically, the new God's arc Godhead was surprisingly solid too long but still surprisingly solid with a decent ending but we have not in all the green lantern books that we've gotten since well i can't say all because obviously we the end of the new 52 runs were still good because we had red lanterns and new guardians and obviously obviously the sinestro book was fantastic but certainly since rebirth the dc rebirth era that there other than maybe hal in the core there hasn't really been a particularly interesting green lantern book uh, one that, that one that's appealed to both of us anyway consistently. Uh, Joe was, I mean, I guess, I guess that was that was Far Sector. I guess was close, 
And even though I had problems with that book, like halfway through, I, I think I, it was a pretty good series as a whole. But I just think if you look at the main, the flagship title, focusing on the main concepts the Green Lanterns are supposed to be focusing in on and the books are supposed to be focusing in on. It's just been a lot of, I hate to say mediocrity, but it's just been a lot of, un, from a fan perspective, it hasn't been very inspiring. So I think I think it's kind of yeah. yeah it's it's similar it's kind of similar to how I view the MCU right now you know it's kind of like it's like it's it's a little un, it's like uneven little a little inconsequential a lot of some of the stuff we're getting should be more consequential but it just but you kind of know that hey they just did something big which now somebody has just kept come along and just undid two issues later and it's like okay. Hmm. To circle back around to the actual comic, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. T- okay. You know, it's, I think I think it's the, the the fact that you cover something that you just you so inherently both of us know that we like. Like, I don't have a problem with this. There are a couple of artistic things here and there that you could complain about, but like we read this and go, all right, good solid stuff. <laughs> what else do we want to talk about? You know, like you know, it's all there on the page. Uh, I, I, where do you rank Effigy in terms of Kyle's villains? Is he? You think he's like annoyance level or do you think he's like true Kyle Rayner arch enemy? Well, again, I think he was because, again, as an arc that we still haven't done that when with the with the new core and how when uh, Kyle's not when Kyle ha- was basically being manipulated into thinking that he has restarted the Green Lantern Corps. The, 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 the one with the regular random issue one issues. Right with Firestorm and no, all that. no, no, no. Yeah, that's that's related. That's that's Circle of Fire. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Sorry. I mean, like one twenty, whatever it is, one twenty two, one twenty three, something like that. Which I think is the next time we see Effigy. When Kyle, I don't want to give away the whole story because, it, but for people who haven't read it, but Kyle, he basically he's like he wakes up in Oa and the Green Lantern Corps is back and he's Green Lantern Prime, and everybody keeps telling him, oh, you know. Hal's the one who destroyed the core, but you're the one who brought it back and all this stuff. And Kyle has no memory, has no idea. And then the, and then the story plays out. And if I remember correctly, Effigy is in the story, which would make sense based on what's going on in the story and why it's taking place. But I think Effigy was Effigy was the first attempt to create, I think, a, a real arch villain that was all Kyle's. I mean, you can make a case Graven kind of could have potentially been that because I don't think we ever saw Graven before he showed up in in, in that issue of Green Lantern in the 90s, whatever it was, 93, whatever the hell it was, or right somewhere it was, it was before Future, right? It was somewhere before Future Shock. Uh, but I think he was supposed to be because Nero, Nero was a Winnick guy, right? That was a Winnick creation? Uh, I would believe so. So I mean, I he think, was he he was he was a, a big primer in Kyle getting his ion powers. He was yeah, at the so, beginning of that story. So I think Effigy was on the path to being the Sinestro to Kyle's Hal. So probably if Ron maybe had stayed on the book, maybe it would have gone down that road. I think he was replaced essentially by Nero. Um, and of course, the occasional appearance of Major Force because of logical reasons. But uh, yeah, I think Eff- I, I think Effigy ranks up there because he was I think he was like the first Lantern-esque villain that was created to be a, an opposite of Kyle. And they kind of touch on it like we did in this issue that he's supposed to be Kyle's not his mirror opposite, but but 
necessarily, but there's there's enough in there where but the, but you can Nero kind of was the same way. Except Nero was extremely creative in his own way. It just you know like, like Kyle was. It's just that Nero was friggin' nuts and the schizophrenic. But but I think that this was the first attempt to give a you know because he's got controller based powers, so he essentially has Owen based powers in a different you know just manifesting themselves in a different way. I think Effigy was supposed to be a bigger villain, and he probably would have been, depending if the creative teams didn't change. So that's what that's, that's what I think. So I think when I think of Kyle and I think of Kyle Kyle's villains, Effigy is at least in the top three. I would I would say it's in any given order. It's Nero, it's Major Force, and it's Effigy because those are the ones I tend to think about when I think of. I think of Oblivion a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, Oblivion makes sense, but but probably because he's part of Kyle, that's the reason why it's harder for me. And because of, because let's be honest, Oblivion really only showed up twice, and he and the second time was not the same thing when he was in New Guardians. Yeah. So it was it was kind of like an onslaught, even though they did use onslaught a whole bunch of times at, eventually. But if at one time like onslaught was brand was a brand new, X, you know, X Men villain or Marvel villain. And it was figuring out, you know, what, who he was, what, what he came, what made him, what the secret was. And then it's the fact, well, you just didn't see him a lot. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I mean, Oblivion would be up, up there, too. That arc is memorable. And that's still that's still another thing we have to do. Circle of Fire is just long. Uh, yeah, it'd, it'd definitely be a two-parter. At least, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think he I think he deserves I think he deserves a little higher recognition just because he was he was i think intended to be bigger and yeah. all right anything else you want to say about these two issues i always liked this arc i did and and, and this is the arc that lance was talking about i think a couple of weeks ago right when we did the feedback i, I believe, believe he was, so i believe he was talking about he was talking about this so that probably is one of the reasons we were we were thinking about this and wanted to do a kyle especially you you were the driving force for doing this one but no, it's it it was fun going back. It's fun going back and looking at that at, at the Kyle run overall. Yeah, I want to do some more of that actually because I just had it was just good. You know, I read two issues back to back and enjoyed myself. It doesn't really happen a lot these days unless it's an indie series. <sighs> All right. Well, if people want to give us suggestions on Kyle stuff to read next or do next on the show, uh, how do they reach out to us? Alex Nero is one thirty two. Apparently, his first appearance. Uh, lanterncast at gmail.com website is lanterncast.com you can follow us on twitter like us on facebook hashtag geocast track us down there we're on apple podcast spotify and stitcher whichever platforms you listen to us on please leave us a positive review and last but not least if you'd like to leave us text or a voicemail 708 lantern and again if you need our discord just email us at lanterncast at gmail.com we will. We kind of willed something back into existence because we just talked about how Tim Allen hadn't talked about Lightyear, and then like two, like it was like a few days after the release, we released that episode, he came out and kind of said, "Well, it doesn't really have any connection to my Lightyear, and I don't know why, but it doesn't really have any connection to Toy Story." And but how Woody was the point of doing a Buzz movie? Uh, and as we record this, Thor comes out tomorrow, Love and Thunder, and the one thing we can say about that is. It's not destined to be a critical hit. Might be a box office hit. The fans might end up liking it, but it ain't going to be a critical hit because it's hovering around 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. And that's it. That's all I have. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night.